Wanted to get your thoughts on the Artemi Panarin contract situation and maybe kind of specifically how that can impact the dressing room. Um, I know like once you get down to it, it's business as usual for everybody. Everybody wants to focus on hockey, but maybe you as a former player, you can lend some ex uh, lend some insight as the potentially the distraction that can cause for all the parties involved. Getting up to training camp and like right now before camp, uh, it's still a time for the guys to be loose and having fun. And then that locker room is really a, you know, it's a special place. And, and a lot of the time is spent, you know, if there's something that's in the media, they, they, those guys are well aware of it. So every other player is aware of it. Uh, there'll probably be some joking around about it. You know, they want our team to be here, of course, those players. And there might be some joking and kidding and having some fun with it. But at the end of the day, uh, when the season starts or when you're at game time, it's really not a distraction at all. Um, you know, this is stuff that's not, um, everyone understands what it is. It's a part of the game. Now, when stuff happens that's like, that, that is, that is kind of off the wall or out there that can be a distraction, uh, that plays into it more, but this won't be a distraction at all for these players. I, I really think that, you know, they respect Artemi enough as, you know, he's got his rights. Uh, at the end of the day, all these guys have the right to do what they want, and um, there's nothing more than they love. All of us would love for them to him to, to get this deal done and, and, and work that way. But in the reality is, um, it sounds like you know he's got options and he knows what they are. So um, you just got to kind of go through this. And he's one of the best players we've seen. I think he's one of the top five players top five forwards in the National Hockey League and, and um, he's still young and he's got all that upside so um, just gotta enjoy him while we have him and see what Yarmo and their team can get done and, and they've always been ahead of it you think about that picking up our Timmy Panarin was a treat and, and try to get him here uh, I'm sure that's their focus right now what player or players would you say fans should keep an eye on um, maybe making that leap in production this year well, I think a guy we got spoiled with two years ago, Zach Warinski, is a guy that's coming off an injury. I mean, he dealt with an injury all year. Uh, you got to remember how great the power play was when he was healthy. Uh, struggled last year when he took that injury. Uh, he's one of the best players, one of the most talked about players in the National Hockey League. We get a lot of questions about Zach Warinski. Uh, he's a quiet kid, but he's such a talented player and has gained so much respect. Uh, outside of the circles we're in here in Columbus because of the way he plays the game. So I think he is that guy, I really do. I think we talked a lot about Seth Jones last year for good reason. But I think Zach Wierenski, a healthy Zach Wierenski, now a third-year uh, National Hockey Leaguer, he's a guy that I think is going to take this team to the next level. Um, another guy for me... Um, you know, a guy like Wenberg, what's he going to do this year? I mean, what, what does Wenberg want to do with this team? He, he's such talent. He's got such a high hockey IQ. He's so smart. Uh, you can sense that they're going to let him play the game a bit last year the way he wanted to play it. Uh, he's a guy, too, at the center ice position. If you recall, he was the guy that was going to play with Panera on the, on the top line last year. He was penciled in as the number one centerman, uh, and he did live up to that. So I think he's a guy now that's settled in with his contract. Uh, he's probably disappointed we left here in, in uh, what he did with the Blue Jackets. I think he's another one of those guys that quietly, uh, with that off here, needs 
he can be the, the guy that breaks it here for the Blue Jackets. Yeah, um, I thought it was interesting when you mentioned Runsky because I agree. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to see what he does healthy this year. I mean, he still put up some points last year, obviously. And also, uh, yeah, with Winberg, I mean, like you said, kind of two years ago showed a lot of potential offensively. And it'll be interesting to see kind of how he climbs back into it this year. And you, you got to think about William Carlson, too. I mean, what? Yeah. You know, for him to watch his buddy go and have that success and. and um, you know, I guess growing up, he always played behind William Carlson. So, you know, it's one of those things that I think those those type of things, you know, you're happy for your buddy to have success, but there's always something that drives you a little little more, and that, that, that could help Wenberg too. The era of the enforcer has kind of made way for players who are still physical, um, who still have skill, like a Tom Wilson or a Josh Anderson. Um, is this good for the game? Uh, do you think the NHL would ever ban fighting, or should they? And I know as a former enforcer, you might have, you know, strong feelings on that. I do. Uh, I, you know, to sit here and say that, will they ban it? I don't know. I mean, I think they are now well aware of concussions and what issues they bring about. Um, as far as fighting, yeah, I, I, I don't mind the way it's evolved. I think that, you know, the league is doing a good job of, of getting the knowledge about safety safety of the game, the impact of concussions, um, and the role of fighting in the game. So they have a bend, and, um, you know, I just like that it's a factor from game to game. I like the fact that if you're on a team, you know, teams don't get taken advantage of, players don't get taken advantage of, because other teams know that, hey, if you want to be silly, we can drop the gloves and settle this. Yeah, I was curious. What was your uh, maybe your favorite person to fight, or maybe even not so favorite player? Uh, man, it was like, uh, well, I never liked fighting George the Rock just because I could never beat him. He's so big and strong, and I never really see him lose a fight. So it was hard to fight. He was a big lefty. Um, I thought when I fought Bob Prober, I thought my career was going to end because hmm. I had so much respect for him. I thought he was going to kill me. Um, but I was okay with that, and that sounds crazy. But uh, uh, that, that's really, uh, but I just had so much respect for them. Um, they were all tough. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it's the one-on-one challenge of fighting. It, it's it, There's a lot of anxiety, like anything you do, um, leading up to it. And um, getting involved with it and getting punched. And, 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 um, but I wouldn't say there was anyone I really enjoyed fighting. Um, unless it was something like, you know, well, maybe Brian Boyle. He's so big and I knew I, he wasn't going to, he's not a real mean guy and I played with him. Uh, so I fought him after I played with him. So I didn't mind fighting him because uh, I just felt I wasn't going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I remember your interview with Brian Boyle last year when he was coming back from, uh, I believe it was the cancer. And yeah, I remember, I think I remember some, probably some uh, friendly ribbing in that uh, interview, but uh that's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I remember just going yeah. to games growing up and just watching you fight and, you know, meeting you that one time. So, yeah, it's, it's, it was awesome, I guess, even in some of the lean years with the Jackets, knowing that you were always going to give your all no matter who you were up against. So that was always kind of a cool moment. Yeah. Yeah, I took pride in that. I really enjoyed it. From kind of like, I guess, a personal uh, standpoint, what, what about Columbus made you want to retire there? Well, you know what? I- First of all, my wife is from here, and I put down some roots right away. 
Columbus to me, I mean, as much as I just, I fell in love with Columbus right away. And um, I don't know, I sense the pride that Columbus had for me, and I was, I've always been proud of Columbus, so I think that was right off the bat. Um, my parents live in northern Alberta, which is a tough town sometimes, especially April, May, and June, uh, when here it's, you know, the weather is beautiful. Um, I love the, all the sports in this city. I love that they have a, a, a top-ranked uh, college team here that, you know, people don't, I don't know if anyone in Canada really knows that we share the same city, and I, I kind of like that. Um, you know, there's such a, it's such a sports city. I love that it's got a blue-collar attitude with a, white, a lot of white-collar businesses. I just, I've all, I'm always fascinated, fascinated with people that have started their own business and done well or, or have tried it, and there's a lot of that here. Um, I just think that the people here, I, 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 I really, uh, I really identify well with the people here. So uh, for me, it was great as an athlete and as a former athlete, and it might be even better. What do you miss most about playing in the NHL, or what do you miss the least? You know, I'm fortunate. As a broadcaster, I get to travel with the team, uh, stay at the team hotel, I get to be in the big rink. You know, towards the end of my career, I was actually in the press box eating popcorn, and I'm, I'm still doing that now. It's a lot like being a healthy scratch. Uh, so, I still get a lot of the perks. Uh, I do miss playing cards on the plane. I know the guys do that now. Uh, and I miss warm-up. I've always enjoyed warm-up. You know, you go into a, a city that, that uh, you're playing against or even at home, it's, it's amazing. The good music, your fans are coming in. Um, that's, something, that's, that's something I miss, is getting out there and warm-up. I actually like the warm-ups a lot, too. It's like one of my favorite things to watch because, like you said, I kind of like seeing both teams come out, like the music's going crazy. Um, I mean, I was at... Uh, Game five in DC because I'm in Virginia, so I was at the Caps Jackets game five, and just being down on the glass for warmups was pretty exhilarating. So yeah, it's it's been one of my favorite things too, actually. Yeah, it's like the start of prime time. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Like the lights are on, the music's good. We're all the kids are there. We're interacting. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah. I enjoyed. I really enjoyed warmup. But like I said, I still get a lot of the perks now uh, as a broadcaster. Yeah, um, that leads into another question. Uh, would you ever be interested in coaching or managing, or are you content with broadcasting? I like where I'm at right now. Uh, you know, I've, I've always considered myself, um, you know, a, a, a guy that uh, can help a lot of people on the team, maybe a leader. But I, I would not rule it out. I'm fascinated at the, the thought of coaching, uh, helping people get better, formulating game plans to win games, strategy. Uh, but right now, I'm, I'm really happy where I am. What has happened, uh, I guess, in your post-playing career that maybe has surprised you or didn't expect to happen? I lost a lot of muscle, and I stayed the same weight. So I'm surprised at how I haven't put on a lot of weight. I guess that's from being active. You know, maybe the transition. I got to play until I was 37 years old, and when I was done, I was done. I knew I was done. Um, and it's funny, I talked to Jared Bull about this, who just retired a month or month and a half ago, and he knew he was done in the same role. Um, I think for me, I was a little nervous about the transition and not being part of, a, of uh, not being a player anymore, uh, but I'm surprised how it's been. Um, I've actually been really surprised at what goes into a hockey game. Uh, as a player, you're kind of blinders on, 
uh, focused on yourself, uh, but you don't realize the ticketing, the sales, the people involved, um, you know, everyone with the ice. and it, It's amazing what goes into the business of the hockey, and, and I think maybe that's one of the big surprises, too. Can you kind of, and you were kind of talking about it earlier with the fighting, can you kind of like maybe paint the picture of what it's like in your role as a fighter? Like, what's it like getting really like punched in the face or just not even worrying, I guess, about like a broken nose or whatever? Like, I don't know if many people can really, uh, really imagine what, what it would be like on a regular basis in the NHL. Yeah, you know what? It's, uh, I, I used to think as I got older, like when I was really young, I, I mean, I was really fearless. I, my, my childhood fantasy, if you will, was was to one day, I mean, play in the National Hockey League, and I found my vehicle is to, 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 you know, you, you have to specialize the higher you get, and I found a, a role that I never thought I would be a part of, and, um, but I was fearless, uh, it's a one-on-one struggle, it's a one-on-one challenge, like, like when I lined up next to Bob Probert, I remember all my buddies were watching back home on TSN, the national broadcast. It was coast to coast, and I'm standing next to Bob Probert in TV timeout. And I remember thinking, like, in my head, thinking, you have to ask him. And then in the same breath, thinking in my head, you can't ask him, he's going to end your career. And then all of a sudden, I heard my voice ask him, and I thought, what the heck just happened? because he obliged, and then it was like, okay. So it's an internal struggle. The hardest part is not knowing if you're going to fight. You know, I remember going into St. Louis, and they had a couple tough guys, and game day, okay, I have to learn the system. I've got to be ready as a left winger to like to be responsible in the defensive zone, do everything the coach asks, but at the same time, i got to be ready for Reed Lowe or Kyle McLaren or whoever's on the other side ready to fight me. You know, one guy's a lefty. Is you know, is he going to come after me right away, or is the other guy going to come? Are we going to fight first shift? Are we going to fight later in the game? Like, all these things that you don't know. So there was a lot that went into it mentally. Um, but then again, when you, get, when you drop the gloves and you square off and you size each other up and you grab... Uh, I remember a lot of times thinking, boy, that wasn't as bad as I played it out of my head. Even if I had a bloody nose, I thought, well, you know, it's not that bad. I, I mean, to play in the NHL, I would have done everything exactly the same and beat up the same as many times as I was because I loved it and I loved being a part of it. That's pretty awesome. Um, and also just curious, too, with the in, in recent years with the NFL and the NHL with the concussion, um, you know, CTE, all that stuff, did you ever kind of, I guess, think about that with yourself? Or I know it comes with the territory, but I, I guess I'm curious maybe what your thoughts were with that as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I really I really had disregard for that, which may sound crazy, but personally, I was willing to do whatever I, my role was, you know, and, and, you know, I knew I was going to get my nose broken. I was hoping I wasn't going to get knocked out. Uh, you know, I fought defensively sometimes. Sometimes I fought wide open. Um, but no, I, I, I was willing to pay any, not any, I shouldn't say any price because, um, yeah, I, you know, I was, I was willing, I, I knew the risks. And um, it's scary now to hear some of the stories. 
it's scary to think about dementia and what people are going through and you know could could I possibly go through that I don't know I mean there's a history of my family uh, does that mean I'm going to get it does that mean it's from hockey all those questions are out there uh, but when I played no I just when older in my career when I had kids um, there was a couple times when I wondered if this was all worth it if this am I doing the right thing at the moment not that well, if this was all worth it but you know I got a little more protective uh, but no I I, I I really didn't, I mean, I guess I retired five years ago when things really started coming out and there were some, uh, there were some terrible, terrible things that happened, but, um, you know, I, personally, uh, I just, I never really, you know, I, I guess I'm getting more educated about it now. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Does that yeah. Make sense? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I totally understand too, like from the athlete perspective, you're doing everything you can to not only you know, to make the team, to stick around, and I get that as far as trying to pay that, you know, basically paying, uh, I guess paying the price as far as what it takes to stay around, stick around in the league, and I do understand that. And then, of course, I get too, like, everybody's getting more educated on kind of the health, the ill-advised effects to all of it, but yeah, that does make a lot of sense. What, in your mind, do you think they'd need to do, not only to make the playoffs, but the more importantly, advance for the first time in franchise history? You know what I think they do? Uh, you know, we've heard a lot about this team being young. And, you know, they're young with experience. So so I think that, you know, they're in a good spot. They've been through the rough start to the, to the season, 0-8, and not being able to get out of that and having a t- terrible year. They're up, they've experienced last year. Being up to nothing and not realizing that you've got no choice but to put them away when you can. Who's going to put them away? Someone's got to put them away when you're in the playoffs. And, and I think that they need to forget about being young and rely on their experience now because they've got that young core that's together now and will be together for a few years. And now is the time. I think that's some. That's one problem with teams. Is I was a part of a great team in San Jose. We had high expectations, but we did nothing. We made it to the second round and got eliminated. And I think that this team needs to realize that they need to do it now. And, and you know, the talk of, you hear teams talk about rebuilds. Uh, the Rangers are talking about rebuilds. There's organizations that are talking about doing it on the fly. And some team will come out of the blue and, and make the playoffs like New Jersey did last year. They're in the best division in hockey. They've got to play with the urgency from the start, but realize that they've already been through some great experiences, and the time to do it is now. Their window needs to be open now, and they need to start realizing that. They need to rely on their experiences, and and, and I think they will. I think that naturally they will. You know, it's tough to go through those things. Um, You know, but but some teams go through bottling bottling out for three years to get uh, Malkin, Flurry, Crosby, you know what I mean? Yeah. We didn't do that. We didn't do that, but we picked up some great pieces. And even look at what Warinsky's been through. Like, he played through that shoulder injury last year. And I'm telling you, that, that, that's not easy to do, but he did it, and he's healthy, and, and he'll be better for it. So, individually and as a team, they've got to, they've got to draw off their experiences. I really appreciate you taking the time. My pleasure. Great question. Yeah, thanks again, and I'll look uh, for you on TV this season. All right, my pleasure. All right. All right, Jody, thanks.